Welcome to the Marketing Mastermind, a podcast designed to elevate your entrepreneurial mindset and help you take your business to the next level through digital marketing. Join your host, agency owner, Hillary Russell, as she interviews experts from around the world, dives into business success secrets, and gives tactical mindset training to help you elevate all areas of your life and business. Ready? Let's dive in to another Marketing Mastermind episode. All right, guys, welcome. I'm your host, Hillary Russell, and I have a fun conversation planned for today that I am <laughs> super passionate about. Um, I, I nerd about out about this topic all the time, and so I'm super excited for the guest that we have here with us today, which is Dalton Jensen. Dalton, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be sweet. Thank yes, you. it is. Yes, it is. A fellow sales nerd. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, Dalton, you have, um, on top of, you know, being a business owner, running, you know, your virtual assistant academy and um, your business there, also, you are an executive sales coach. And I think that, you know, that title and that, um, you know, that role takes experience. It's not something you can just go to school and be like, all right, I checked the boxes. Now I'm, you know, I can help people sell, <laughs> right? It's it's definitely something you have to yeah. learn through experience. So tell us, you know, I, I know a little bit, but tell, you know, our listeners about your background and, you know, what brought you to this point and, you know, give us kind of brag a little bit. I know you've, you've gone. Yeah. Yeah. You've done some amazing <laughs> things. So. Yeah. So, um, no, I appreciate it. And again, I appreciate you having me on. I love this podcast. I love everything that you have going on. So it's, it's awesome to be here. I started in sales. So I've always kind of had the entrepreneurial bug, um, as far as wanting to sell. In fact, one of the first things I, I can remember selling, um, you know, cause it's just like that, that way, like that hustle mentality. I think that's what sales starts with. And for me, it's always been like, you know, it started out with like selling stuff on the playground. Like I remember seeing, one time uh, on the playground, there were a bunch of, there was like an a la carte thing. When we went to the playground, there was like the school had a shop and they would sell like candy and stuff. And it was always like really expensive. And I was like, well, I could do that for way cheaper. So I went to Walmart, bought all my own candy and sold it on the playground. And then they told me to stop. So that was also oh, the first funny. time <laughs> I got my, you know, I got that. And then, you know, we had like, um, and then I remember one of my first big gigs was selling like neckties. So I would sell neckties on, on the, uh, street. Um, my hometown is right next to a pretty big, uh, like historical town and people would come in there all the time and they would forget things. And, and I noticed that people would like, for whatever reason needed ties. Um, and they were always willing to buy ties. So like found a wholesaler, like, you know, like a, like the, a Nordstrom rack or like TJ yeah. Maxx model where Mm-hmm. you know, uh, store pulls and things like that. So I would sell those and that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, but like professionally selling, uh, I started in the auto industry. So I started selling cars, uh, and that graduated to like one of my biggest hot takes in sales and where I I'm, I don't know if controversial is the right word, but like my contrarian take on sales is if you can sell a car, you can sell anything yeah. or vi- yeah. and vice versa. Right. Because it's not about, um, the it's not about what you're selling it's about the framework that you're using and of course like i always put the caveat on there that there's like nuances to a sale right 
So you can't immediately start selling something else. Like you got to find the nuances um, and the processes and things like that. But I started in car sales, did very well in that. I, I ended up, before I left the car industry, I was training new salespeople as they were coming in. So that was a big one. And then uh, all the odd jobs in between. So like as a virtual assistant, one of my things is uh, I did, I just help people sell stuff. Um, and then, you know, when I, when I wasn't doing that, uh, I was selling software. I've sold a million dollar like metal fabrication machines. Um, so that, that was a lot of fun. But o- over the past like 10 years, I've just really kind of perfected the craft of like selling and the process and things like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. I think that once you learn how to sell something effectively, right, once you understand the framework of the process, it really doesn't matter what the product mm-hmm. is. Once you understand the right. framework of the process and what the important pieces of that process are, you can apply mm-hmm. it to just about anything. Um, yeah, I, you know, and that's one of the areas that I really want to talk about today, because a lot of our listeners are, you know, entrepreneurs that are passionate about, you know, whatever type of business or industry niche that they're in. But that doesn't always mean that they come into the business ownership world with sales background, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that can be a really intimidating step in new business ownership um, for a lot of individuals that, you know, they say, man, I have this great idea that I'm super excited about, but that's about it. That's all I know, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what would 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 you say with the first piece, like getting started, jumping in, you know, when, when you're at the point that you've got your MVP, right? Maybe you've got your most viable product and you're ready to hit the market, wherever that might be. What is your recommendation for, you know, these business owners just starting out wanting to get their first couple of sales? Yeah. If you're, yeah. So, and that's kind of, I'm glad that you brought that up because like, I know, I think business owners need to know their strengths. Um, but also like when you need to like take control and take the reins and really figure it out. So you've got your MVP, maybe you've handed off some marketing, but selling the product, like I think business owners shouldn't outsource that first. I think you need to learn how to sell your product. I think you need to know why people buy it. So, uh, one of the things I talk about in my book, um, is like what you're supposed to sell and like. Uh, so what to sell. And it's not uh, a, it's not a chapter on like any specific industry, but I call it avoiding the spray and pray technique, right? Because a lot of entrepreneurs get in this, they're like, I got this sick product and I'm just going to spray and pray, right? Like I'm just going to put everything out there and see if it sticks. And what you should be selling is what the customer is going to buy, like why they're going to buy your product, right? Because it's going to be different for everybody and you're going to really need to figure out what kind of buyer you have in front of you. And that's and that's probably the most important piece. So how I approach that is just um, really like, you know, question oriented. So I, I'm a big like believer in building authentic urgency and how do you do that? You ask like the right questions. Um, so to answer your question, what, what should business owners do first? I think they should figure out why somebody would want to buy their product, you know? Yeah, that's a great like, answer. Yeah. yeah, that's a great answer. It, it really is. And I'm, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here because you <laughs> yeah, know, I, okay. I think that we could banter on and on for, <laughs> about different, you know, sales strategies and things yeah. like that. But I think that there are some yeah. important pieces of the sales process that are maybe not common knowledge. 
Um, and when you mm-hmm. say, you know, very first figure out why someone would want to buy your product, mm-hmm. go, can you expand a little bit more on that? Like what types of questions should someone be asking and, and where should they be looking for the answers for those types of questions? Yeah. You know, you want your customer to like give you some keywords. So I would establish some like keywords that you're looking for your customer to say, because yeah, uh, you know, we've, you and I have sat through and I'm sure met somebody else's you know, everybody's heard this, right? Open-ended and close-ended questions. And that's like, uh, it just kind of bugs me a little bit when people put questions into those two, because you really got to feel out like your customer. And I'm not saying open-ended or close-ended are bad, or one is better than the other or whatever. Like, I'm just saying, um, when you're talking about why somebody should buy your product, you need to be asking them questions like, what made you click on my ad, Right. Cause you, you need some info. So like, what made you click on my ad? What, you know, let's say you're selling, um, shoot, like digital marketing, right. You know, um, I, I'm going to start exploring. And the first question I'm going to ask are like these why questions. So what made you click on my ad? What has you interested in digital marketing? You know, uh, and I might get to know them a little bit. How long have you been in business? Oh, six years. Great. So that's, that's crazy. Have you had a digital marketer before what happened? Right. right? If you haven't, if so, if someone hasn't, like, that's interesting. You've been in business for six years. I'm curious what's making you look at digital marketing right now. And so, cause I'm going to explore like, and then whatever they say, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to use that as urgency later. I'm going to like, and, and it's called like, I call it like the velvet hammer technique, right? Where like, you know, cause in sales, you have to push a little bit, but right. you don't have, you don't want to be a, you don't want to be a douche. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I think that that's a bit, so the first questions I'm going to ask are like these kind of why questions. Um, but, but again, like the English language is, is tricky. I don't ever want to say the word why, and I'm sure like, you know, this, right. But I would never say like, you know, cause this is very confrontational, right? Like I'm looking for digital marketing. Why? Uh, right. Next, like, right. None of your business kind of thing. Like that's what I'm going to answer. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question. If it didn't like, yeah, really yeah, no, that does. Yeah, that really does. I think, you know, to kind of dig into that a little bit deeper, I think that, you know, in, in lots of the different, well, okay. So here's where, here's where my mind's going. I work with a lot of coaches, a lot of business coaches, you know, personal development, transitional coaches, confidence coaches, any type of coach you can think of. Right. (laughs) And that being said in the, you know, in this space of coaching, regardless of the type or the niche that you're, you know, targeting, um, it comes down to the people that you need to coach don't know that they need coaching yet, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you know, in most cases. Right. And so finding those people or, you know, in a lot of uh, courses, you're ta- taught to start planting yeah. the seeds, right? You're yeah, planting yeah, yeah. the seeds of, of building the value and um, building some credibility around your business, your brand, yourself, right? Um, mm. And I think that that can be one of the most difficult transitions is, how do you go from planting the seeds to bringing that person in and transitioning into more of a sales conversation? Because I think, I think you're exactly right. Um, Mm. that, you know, being in sales, you do, you need to be a little, you need to push the conversation. You need to be in control of the conversation. Mm -hmm. But I think Mm -hmm. that that's an intimidating part for a lot of business owners is how do I transition from normal, you know, building rapport, relationship building, building value, to now I'm selling. Right. So here's, so here's how I answer that. Cause it's a great question. So 
I teach, um, and it's not like anything new, uh, mm-hmm. but I've kind of worked into this empathy, empathetic sales process, this idea of, of assumptive selling. So if somebody doesn't want to like, yeah, right. Cause nobody wants to be told their baby's ugly, right. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, you know, and I, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying babies are ugly, but that's kind of the point, right? Like you have somebody who's really confident. You, we're dealing with entrepreneurs and we got, we all got a little bit of ego, right? In fact, my, one of my favorite mugs says, uh, humble with a hint of Kanye. So, <laughs> so like we're just, de- that's who we're dealing with. So what I like to do, if you're selling to like consumers or you're selling to business owners is this like assumptive sales approach. So if I was saying, so if I was selling, um, you know, I, I had this experience one time when I was selling, uh, we were selling restaurant software to restaurants and what, and, and I had a lot of success with it because my approach to the conversation was like, nobody wants to be told that their restaurant is running really crappy. Like, I think you're running a really, you know, so I would say like, I would start with like, Hey, Hillary, I, I see you have a restaurant. I see it's doing really great. You know, other restaurants in your area have been implement, have been having success with X, Y, and Z. And that's what we've been kind of seeing the trend as. Um, I'm curious, is that something that you're implementing or right? And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like that's, and, and I'm telling them my solution, right? Like, you know, we found, you know, we found that a lot of restaurant owners have had success with uh, cent- centralizing their orders on, onto one tablet. Um, is that something you guys are focusing on or are you trying something different? Right. And so now I'm going to open, I've planted the seed with a question and whatever they answer back, it doesn't really matter because I'm just, I'm going to kind of keep playing off of that. And that's why, you know, sales is so nuanced and there's a million examples, but that's kind of like a broad example of opening someone, expanding someone's mind with a question. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think you're spot on with, um, you know, using those questions mm-hmm. to open their mind up, right? I think that's the yeah. key point there is that it's not necessarily, hey, ask an open-ended question or make sure that you're doing this or X, Y, Z. It's ask the types of questions that are going to open their mind up to a different way of thinking, because essentially that's what you're doing in sales is you're getting them into a new right. way of thinking that is either improving their process, improving the value or whatever it is in their current situation. Um, I want to touch on one piece here, Dalton, that you, you mentioned with the, your concept from your book of the velvet hammer, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So I, I want to talk about that a little bit more because I think that that's an intriguing, intriguing concept. Um, mm when it comes to sales and, and honestly too, I like, I'm just going to, you know, bring up the elephant in the room. I think that when it comes to sales, that salespeople have a bad rap for, you know, being pushy and being these, you know, different things, but that doesn't have to be the case, right? That doesn't have to be the case. You don't have to be that way. So let's talk about that a little bit more. What do you mean? Explain first, let's give, you know, kind of definition. What do you mean by the velvet hammer? (laughs) Yeah. So that's a term that was actually coined by one of my mentors. um, And she talked about this velvet hammer. And so you have, okay, so I'm to kind of explain this, I need to back up just a little bit. Um, And that is this idea of closing. Right. So I don't I don't really like the word closing and I haven't really found but I haven't really found another good word for it. Right. Other than like close the deal um, and say and I found that salespeople really like that word. And so if I'm trying to appeal to salespeople, I got to use it. Right. So if we're talking about closing, I don't I don't think that closing is one point in the process. 
I think that it's the whole process, right? I think you should start closing at the beginning with the questions that you ask people. So with that kind of frame in mind, the velvet hammer comes from this idea that, that I'm not gonna pull out like random, hard closing lines, right? That have nothing to do with the situation. Cause that's what a lot of sales people do. If they don't know what they're doing, they're gonna go read Grant Cardone's Closer Survival Guide, or they're gonna go read, you know what I mean? Or they're gonna go do Dan Lok's class and learn all these like closing phrases, right? And that just pisses people off. Like, we know what you're doing. I don't, I don't have time for this. Uh, so how do you do this, right? So how do you kind of take this concept of a velvet hammer? Because you need to close. You definitely need to ask for the deal and you definitely need to ask more than once most of the time, right? Um, so how do you do that like with a velvet hammer? Like how do you bring down a hammer, but softly? And that is with, that is the idea that the questions that you asked at the beginning are the things that are gonna, are, the, are what you're gonna say, right? So for example, let's let's take, like a, like a really, again, high level example of somebody who says to me, like, um, I love your, or like, yes, I'm going to buy, this is my favorite feature. Uh, we're all ready to go. And then I go, okay, cool. Let me send over the invoice and the agreement and we'll get this all wrapped up and start on Monday. And they say, well, I really need to talk to my manager. Right. And I, and so instead of saying like, well, what if they say no, I go, you know, I might say something like this. I would say, you know, Hillary, we talk, I know that we talked about this earlier. You mentioned your partner, and uh, you brought up your partner in the past. Definitely understand you need to talk to him. I'm curious though, I was under the impression that everything was ready to go. What, what's changed, right? That sounds better to me than like, well, if, you're, if your partner's not ever going to say no to you, you know what I'm saying? Like, if they're <laughs> never going to say no to you, we should yep. just do it right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because so, I'm going to, I'm going to explore it. Right. And, and, and then I'm going to get a die. I'm going to open up a dialogue instead of mm-hmm. kind of using like these really hardcore lines, which by the way, like, is there a time and a place for those? Sure. Um, but I don't think that's where you should start. So yeah. I might do that. Right. Or like um, if somebody gives me like a timeline and they say, you know, I need to extend the timeline. I'm going to say, a, I'm going to ask a question like that. You know, I'm a, I was under the impression and it's always going to start like that. I remember you talking earlier. I remember from our earlier conversation, X, Y, Z, I'm curious what's changed. So that's kind of like my velvet hammer approach to like p- furthering the conversation and getting information without pulling out these hard closes or making people uncomfortable. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I think that you're exactly right. I love the approach of you know not using a hard close. You're, yeah. it, it made me laugh a little bit when you said Grant Cardone's book. Because <laughs> isn't doesn't he have one that's like a list of all of the different hard closes that you can use? <laughs> yes, it's a, it's called the Closer Survival Guide. Yeah, I got, oh, okay. I got it. I read it. I've read the whole thing. It's bookmarked and all that stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah. And there's definitely some good things in there. But I I yeah. love that your approach with this is not using you know the <laughs> the abrupt or you know blunt. Um, uh, close methods right mm-hmm. at the get-go um, because yeah, you're, you're exactly right with that. I think that there's different things that change in the conversation or things that, you know, might um, happen in their minds or that, you know, as they're, um, you know, deciding whether or not this is something they want to move forward with. And that doesn't yeah. always have to be a hard push of, <laughs> well, you said, you said that this yeah, is what yeah, you're going to do. Yeah. Right. Well, and you just, um, and you just make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that doesn't, that doesn't do well for starting out the relationship of, you know, bringing on a new client or bringing on a new individual. 
for your business. So I love that. Cool. Okay. So I, I love that answer to, to the question, Dalton. Thank you so much for explaining that for us. Um, and I want to talk to, you know, we, we kind of hinted a little bit at this, but I want to spend a little bit more time here talking about your book about sales genius. So you, you published a book and, and released that. What has it been now about a month or so? Yeah, it's been, it hasn't been a lot. It's been about a month and yeah, it's been really good. Congratulations, by the way. Um, I think, you know, I, I was able to go through the first part of that and, um, it absolutely resonated with, you know, everything that I feel works in, in the sales world. And that's, you know, and that, and that comes down to any type of sales, whether that's B2B, B2C, um, you know, your big, huge enterprise type sales processes. Right. Um, and so I, I just wanted to ask a little bit, you know, with that piece, what was your thought process behind putting the book together and, and give us an idea of, you know, who would it be helpful for? What types of, of people would benefit from reading your book? Which, I mean, I'm biased. I would say everyone, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, a lot of people who, are, I mean, the book was written for like the solo entrepreneur who I don't think you should outsource sales at first. I think you need, I think an owner needs to learn how to sell their product before that before they can hire a sales team because if you hire a sales team before you know how to sell your product, you're just going to get pissed. You're going to yeah. be like, why isn't this working? I gave you guys everything. You know, you're not going to have a lot of empathy for a sales team if you don't know how to do it. So I think uh, that's the first piece. It's for solo entrepreneurs, business owners. It's for the salesperson who wants a different way of selling, right? Like a, a lot of sales um, frameworks that are out there are very flashy. They're very pep rally-ish. You know what I mean? Um, you, and again, like, that's why there's a million sales trainers because there's, it's not a one size fits all. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm not right for everybody. I get that. Right. Um, but I've noticed like in my sales circles, like good salespeople don't really aren't, aren't attracted to flashy. Like, I don't really care if you have a Lambo. I don't Mm -hmm. really care if you have a nice suit or whatever. Right. I just want to know if this works. Um, and so that's a big piece of the puzzle is, is I wanted to give a framework that anybody could adopt to their personality. And I started with empathy. Like it, that's pretty universal. Like if you want somebody on your side, if you want to build trust really quick, um, it's stepping in their shoes and, and taking a minute to, to really understand them. And I got that uh, idea because I started, so I read the book, Everybody Reads. Um, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Oh, yeah. Great book. So in the book, he talks about, by the way, Chris Voss is from um, Mount Pleasant, Iowa, which is like, which was like our, one of our big high, one of my big high school, like rivals. Oh, wow. One of our high school rivals. Yeah. So like Voss Petroleum and stuff like that. Like I was, I was, I didn't know Chris, but I knew like his family. Right. Yeah. That's Um, so cool. Yeah. My mom lived in Mount Pleasant. My family lived there for a long time. So anyway, in the book, he writes about, he want him wanting to become an FBI negotiator and he goes in and they're like, you don't have any uh, experience. He's like, well, what should I do? And they told him or, or somebody told him to go uh, volunteer at the suicide hotline mm-hmm. so that he could get experience handling really hot conversations. And I read that point. I read that piece in the book. It was like, I think it was a very similar uh, time of year, like three years ago. I was like, huh, 
That's true because a lot of people get really heated in sales. Kind of like when you start talking to people about money, right? Um, that can get really crazy. And so, how do you take up? How do you go from a hot conversation to a cold conversation? And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to try that. So I signed up for, uh, I signed up to volunteer as a crisis counselor for the crisis text line. Wow. Um, anybody, you know, I, I don't know if anybody can do it, but I had to have three references. They put us through like a really big boot camp, and they, and they called us uh, uh, empathy MVPs. Um, and so, you know, as you can imagine, like I literally would get texts. Um, and we, it was all anonymous. You text into the platform. I would get some texts that like, I'm not feeling good. Right? And, and how do you handle that? But I got texts, you know, that were like, I, I'm ready. Like, I, I'm ready to end it. And I've got all the stuff and I'm ready to do it. And how do you talk this? How do you talk to this person without immediately saying things like, please put it down? Or you know what I mean? Because we weren't allowed to say things like that. Like the, the whole point of the conversation was to like, just cool, cool down. So we're, you know, are you safe? You know, tell, tell me what's going on, what's happening, right? And so we're trying to figure out the situation. So I did that. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of this empathetic selling framework that I had. Because like, as a car salesman, everybody hated you. Right. <laughs> Nobody wants to go buy a car. <laughs> That's why Carvana is such a big deal. Uh, nobody wants to deal with the, the person, right? Um so long story short, I end up finding these few things that I, that worked with a crisis line, that worked with talking to people. And then it, it was just like a really realization, Hillary, that like we're all people and it's okay to treat other people like people. <laughs> I think as salespeople, like, you know, we want to just get this deal and, and move on. And, and it's like, we're people. So you That's should cool. treat them like that. Yeah. But, but that, that was kind of like where the idea came from. It's like, I wanted a better way to sell cars with, you know, without being crazy. And I, and I uh, wanted to learn what like empathy really was. And that's kind of where the idea for the book came from was to like give people an opportunity to find a sales process that they could resonate with, especially like um, more, you know, cause like I, you know, most entrepreneurs are, are like A-type personalities, mm -hmm. you know, they're like alpha personalities. Um, but a lot of entrepreneurs aren't like, it's definitely not a prerequisite to be an entrepreneur to ha and have an alpha personality. So what do you do with these other personalities? How do you teach them how to sell? Well, this is a great way to start and not feel like you're having to pull out this alpha personality right. every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, that's, well, first off, such a cool story. I, I love that you took Chris Vosh to this approach of just, you know, yeah, why, why not just jump into where the hot conversations are and, and where you can really help people in yeah. that, you know, with that talent yeah. and that skill set. So yeah. So yeah, I get that all the time. So you just went to like learn stuff. I'm like, no, I really, we help people. I did it for a year. <laughs> we did the thing. Right. I was like, I ended up being like a level three crisis counselor. That's but, cool. Uh, That's really cool. I, so we got, but we got both right. Yeah. 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 No. I, and I think that's awesome because truly, I think you're right that, you know, truly when it comes down to being an effective salesperson, it's not necessarily having the right clothes pitch or having the right, you yeah, know, yeah. X, Y, Z it's how well can you listen to their needs mm -hmm. and uncover, you know, maybe even the needs that they're not even aware of yet. 
right? And and yeah, then yeah, plug those exactly. into solutions. Right. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I would say too, so you know, on, on the flip side of this, so similarly, I, I work with um thousands of entrepreneurs and students that are starting their new businesses, right? And a lot of times the question that I get is, well, I'm an introvert. So I don't, I can't sell, you know, I'm an introvert. I can't sell. And my response to that is so am I, you know, I honestly like I am too. And I think that that's an advantage, you know, and, and specifically to your point with this, you know, the empathy selling method. Um, I, I think that sales has changed a lot in the last five, mm-hmm. 10 years, you know, 15 years even. Um, yeah. And, and you're right. Like it's not, it's not so much the flashy, salesperson that's the attention grabber that's the you know pushy start you know car salesman type that's going to be product you know producing it's it's the person that can sit there and relate with that individual and talk to them one-to-one and be empathetic so i i really appreciate your approach with that and you know and the theme throughout you know throughout your book and the different pieces that you talk about there um i think are so powerful and important for people to understand and hear so. Yeah, I wrote a I wrote a Twitter thread on on introvert on people selling as introverts. Oh, and, really? And that one, yeah, that one got a lot of like, uh, uh, you know, a lot of good feedback because you don't have to be like, I, and you know what's funny? In my life, I have kind of switched from outgoing and extroverted to introverted. Like, hmm. I don't really like a lot of parties. I don't like pep rallies. I don't like I don't like that stuff. Like, I just because the, here's the thing that also people don't understand when you have like when you have like eight type personalities, Jordan Peterson talks about two of them, you know, mm-hmm. there is the outgoing, but there's also like assertive, right. And you don't have to be extroverted or introverted to be assertive. Now there's like personality traits that are, that are more assertive than others, but you can learn how to like be assertive and not be a douche. And that's, and, and what is that called? That's empathy. That's like setting mm-hmm. good boundaries for yourself. Uh, you know, and this, you can do this personally and in sales, right? And that's why I think sales is really cool as well. You can do the things that make you successful in your life, make you successful in sales. So how do you set good boundaries? How do you, how do you tell people just what's going on, right? Like my price is too grand. If you don't like that, I totally understand. My price isn't for everybody. And and then there's ba- like, that's the thing that we miss in sales is boundaries. Like right. I hate it. I hate when I hear, when I hear a trainer, like I, uh, use this to sell to anybody like homie i don't want to sell to everybody like there's some people that i go we shouldn't work together like yeah. i was just on a call before this and we were talking about a virtual assistant um and i was like i'm probably not it i'm, I'm not the guy mm-hmm. you need someone and not only because like not only could i not do what he wanted me to do but also like it wasn't a fit like i he would have been mad i would have been stressed you know, right. I probably would have had to get some money back and we would have burned a bridge versus why don't you just say, no, dude, we shouldn't work together. Right. I, but I know somebody else and now he's, ha- now we're all happy. Like it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Okay. So this, this just made me think of a kind of touchy subject for sure. especially entrepreneurs and business owners, because especially in the world of, you know, just starting up your business. Yeah. At many times, you know, this stage, you are desperate for money, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? You're oh. desperate to bring on, <laughs> right, cool. you're yeah. desperate to bring on those first couple of clients that are going to, you know, get you over the line or get you profitable or get you, you know, out of debt or whatever that might be. 
Um, and so, yeah, so this is something that we talk about constantly with, you know, with our new entrepreneurs is you cannot sell from a place of desperation because you can smell it from a mile away. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so how do you, how do you coach people, you know, who are coming from that place who maybe don't understand how to hold those boundaries for themselves? Because I think you're right. Like, I, so maybe this is a two-part question. Number one, how do you decide what your boundaries are? Mm-hmm. And then number two, how do you hold those even when you're desperate for money? Yeah, I think everybody's got to come up with what their boundaries are. What are you comfortable with? Like, how many people are you comfortable like coaching? If that's what you're doing, if yeah. you're doing, um, if you're selling products, um, there is a point. Like, my background in accounting, we learned about this. Like, most of the time, most businesses that fail fail profitably. Like they're, right. they're profitable, but the problem is, and, and you've seen this, I know you have, is like that you can scale too quickly. You can get to a point like it, it will do you no good to have 5,000 customers. If you can't, you know, you're going to end up bankrupt. <laughs> you're right. going to end up with a class action lawsuit. Right. So um, just figuring out how much you can take. So, but I love this question, right? Cause I do talk about this in my book is how do you become a better closer? And that is keeping your pipeline full. Cause look, here's the deal. Um, the reason you're selling desperate, and I love that you brought this up because I love talking about this, right? Because the psychology of sales, right? Like there's two parts. And I actually, who was I? I was, so funny. I was just talking about this the other day. There's two types of things that happen when you sell desperate. The first is like chances are, and this isn't like, I know, I know we're talking about empathy, and then I'm gonna say this next thing that's very right. empathetic, right? But like everybody carries around their own bag of crap and no one really cares because we're all in our own journey. Like as a, like a customer doesn't really care. I mean, they do, but there's nothing they can do about it. Like I need to sell this or else I can't pay my bills. Me either, man. I I don't even know if I can afford this right now. You know what I'm saying? Like we're all in the same boat. Um, And the reason I, I, I start with that one is because you need to have a lot of accountability for yourself. That's the first thing it says. The second thing to overcome this desperation thing is you need to have your pipeline full. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I don't, I, you shouldn't be relying on one deal or two deals or three deals to make or break your month. Right. right. Like, and by the way, you'll sell more when you have, when you have more. And, and I know that's not only is that a math problem, right. Sell more, get more or have more, sell more. Um, but it's also a mental thing. That's like, look, you know, you and you and I are on a sales call. Right. And uh, you, you're not really feeling it. And I'm going to say, okay, cool. Hey, look, Hillary, here's the deal. I, we don't have to work together. We can still be friends for sure. If you want to do this suite, if not, no worries. You know, and in my head, I'm thinking because I've got 50 other people lined up, ready to go. Right. I don't need, I don't need this deal. I don't need this deal. And if it comes sweet, if it goes sweet and, but that you can only get that in your head when you have that abundance mindset and you've done the work to fill the pipe as much as you can. Mm-hmm. So fill the, so fill the pipe. Like, Ah, uh, if this deal doesn't close, I- I'm screwed. Yeah. Well, then just be okay. Be ready to get. Be ready to be screwed, <laughs> and then yeah. start working on filling your pipe for the next month. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to that point, isn't like the national average of um like a, a high producing sales closer is isn't it like 30 percent closure ratio? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good thirty yeah. like percent is average. good. Right. So well, it's okay no, if not you're not closing it, every deal. Yeah. Yeah, and not well, not only is it 
average, it's good. Like if you're closing mm -hmm. 30 to 40%, listen, if a sales guy came up to me and they said their closing percentage was like 70%, they're either lying to me or they're not taking enough deals. Yes, exactly. So, and, and either one is bad, by the way, mm -hmm. you're either lying to me, which is not good, or you're not, or you're closing 70% because you're only talking to people who you know are going to say yes. And that's a problem. Right. So, yeah. so yeah, but I get it. Like as a business owner, you're like, dude, I'm just starting out. Maybe I don't have the pipe. Right. Well then, then be smart with things. Like I, I'm not a nine to five basher. You know what yeah. I mean? Keep, keep your nine to five until, until you can build up enough pipeline to, to justify going out on your own or, um, or side hustles or gigs or something like that. Like definitely be smart about it. But, but if you want to get away from this commission breath, like that's what I call it. <laughs> oh, well, and that was the second thing, by the way. So the psychology of sales is if I'm selling desperate, not only do they not care, but the second thing they think is something's wrong because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm giving off all those desperate vibes and they don't know that I'm I'm struggling all they can feel, you know, they're that, that, uh, you know, that primal part of the brain starts firing that fight or flight starts going off because they right. don't know, you know, they don't know. Like I had to learn that. Like I'm a big, I'm a big guy. I have a bald head. I have a beard and I have a big tattoo and I'm, and I'm like 270 pounds. Right. Like I can't run up on somebody like, Hey, how's it going? Right. You know what I mean? Like people are going to get scared. They don't know. I'm, I'm a friendly, I'm a friendly guy. I, all they see is this, you know, it's a big guy running at him with a smile, which is even creepier than a frown, right? <laughs> so like you gotta, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So you just gotta do it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think that's really good advice too. And um, yeah, I, I think that you're spot on too with, you know, like to not sell from desperation, just know that it's not the one deal that you have to count on yeah. for, you know, to make or break it. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that's really good advice. I, I love that. Yeah. Cool. So Dalton with, with your book and, you know, getting in touch with you or, you know, if maybe one of our listeners wants to, you know, bounce my ideas off of you, even where can, where can, um, where can we go to number one, download your book and purchase that and yeah. to get in touch with you. Uh, yeah. So the book is on uh, two, it's two places. It's on Gumroad but it's also on Amazon. So if you just type in like my name and Amazon, Dalton Jensen, sales genius comes up. Um, and if anybody wants to talk, my website's always open. Um, my emails, DMs, like you can follow me on Twitter. But the cool part is everywhere you go, my username is the same. It's Dalton K. Jensen. So YouTube, Jensen, Facebook, perfect. Twitter, <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> my email is Dalton at daltonkjensen.com. So it's pretty perfect. Neat, but, uh, but yeah, it's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a fun conversation. Uh, and I feel like there were so many little golden nuggets throughout it as well that are yeah, so helpful you. for any type of sales process. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge on all of this with us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Marketing Mastermind Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, follow, rate our show, and share with your friends on social media. You can also join our community by visiting us online at marketingmastermindpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you on the next episode.